You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ever felt that internal frustration when you desperately want to become a better version of yourself and just don't know where to start? I know I have, and I've noticed every individual of great character and success has had help from someone along the way. That's why I want you to check out Master of Man. Master of Man is where you will find the resources and help needed to get to the next level of your personal development. The sales psychology course being released today is a great example. It teaches proven approaches to increasing sales, conversions, and retention rates through understanding the psychology of the sale. If you sell anything, you will want this course. Are you just looking for personal growth? No problem. Master of Man has you covered with various options for coaching and a free guide to help you get started. Be sure to follow Master of Man on Twitter at RealMasterOfMan and visit MasterOfMan.com to get the sales psychology course and book your free discovery call. Remember, availability for coaching is limited, so book your discovery call today. www.MasterOfMan.com Go check it out. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me destined for pain. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now, on today's episode, we've got on a very elusive young lady. I've been trying to get her on the on the podcast for quite a while, but uh, we finally managed to hunt her down, and uh, here she is. She is um, a YouTuber. She's a socio-political commentator. And uh, yeah, she's got a very interesting story and perspective on a whole bunch of stuff. So this is Sydney Watson. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and awesome. I am elusive. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. We managed to catch you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've done a brief intro right there, but uh, tell the audience a little bit more about who you are. Well, uh, contrary to what people think, I'm not actually American. I'm Australian-American. So <laughs> I was born uh, down under in Melbourne. And uh, somewhere along the line, probably in the last two years, I got involved uh, talking about politics, uh, particularly during my master's degree. So I have a master in journalism. And I just noticed that a lot of uh, the commentary and the things that were being said in classes and whatnot didn't really reflect the outside world. It reflected this leftist bubble. So I am sort of somewhere between conservative and libertarian, just to say that at the front end, and just decided that it was probably time to lend my voice to the discussion. So that's how I ended up here. Other than that, I love cookies and I'm a really big fan of wings. Of wings? So that's, yeah. Okay, They're chicken wings. Good. Yeah, like uh, the, the ones with buffalo <laughs> sauce. Oh, so good. Okay. So good. <laughs> and what's, what's, your best, what's the best cookie? Oh, God. Oh, that's, that's a tough one. I'm, uh, I'm pretty partial. You can get these ones at a store here called Safeway. 
-hmm. And then there are these sugar cookies that have like a pink frosting on them. I am, oh my God, I can eat them <laughs> until I die. Oh, wow. it's, it's like an illness. It's okay. Bad. Awesome. And um, so, I mean, you've, you've lived in a whole bunch of different places. So can you just like run us through your sort of life story quickly? Yeah. So like I said, I was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. Um, my mom is American, which is why I have this hybrid jacked accent. Um, so obviously when we were little, <laughs> yeah, you feel that. Um, <laughs> so we would come to the States, uh, you know, to see, because my, the majority of my family is here actually. Um, but I've also uh, spent some time in France. Um, mm. I've been there. I went to study for university um, at one point and also went on exchange when I was uh, in, I think, year 11 or year 12. Um, and I've also been to London or the UK. I spent a 2016 backpacking and living in London. And here I am in the US. So I think that's about four countries. Yeah. Doing my best, getting around yeah, the yeah. globe. And yeah. uh, which, which one are you allowed to have a favorite? Do you have one that you prefer? Mm, that's tough. I, you know what? I think they've all got, this is, this is such a PC answer, but they've all got <laughs> things that I really, really like about them. Yeah. I think Scotland, honestly, is the most beautiful place I've ever been to. Really? But then again, I haven't been okay. to Iceland, so yeah. yeah. Okay. I've been to Iceland, but I didn't really spend much time outside of Reykjavik, which uh, apparently defeats the right. purpose, but it Isn't was it super expensive there. Oh my the gosh. Fortunately, I knew in advance. So I went to, I went to Asda yeah. before I, before I flew. And I, mm -hmm. I literally bought food to take with me. So oh I God. only, I only ate out there twice. <laughs> like I only, yeah. only buy food twice. It was ridiculous. Um, I went to, uh, yeah, this is Iceland we're talking about, by the way, for listeners. I went to, um, I went to just like in the shop. So a pack of six eggs that in the UK would cost maybe like one pound, somewhere between one pound 20 and one pound 50 maybe or maybe even less, maybe like a pound. It mm -hmm. was five pounds for six eggs. Yes. Um, packet of chicken breasts was 15 pounds, like one that would cost four pounds or so here. Um, mm. Like a bottle of water, just like a bo normal bottle of water was like two pounds, 50. The, it was crazy. Yeah, it was insane. Um, I only ate out once there. And um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a whale steak, which was interesting. Whale steak. Yeah, I ate whale. <laughs> Exactly. I'm not even going to comment. I don't even know what to say about that. I'm like, you would, poor would little you whales. Why would you, why, why would you want to eat a whale? Actually, I mean, I understand the, the interest in eating something that's so far in a bazaar like that, but I just feel mm. bad. They're just, they're like the nicest creatures in the sea when they're Are not they? fighting seals, I guess. Yeah. I, I assume so. Yeah. I mean, maybe not killer whales. <laughs> it, was, it was actually a funny story because the first, um, I went with two of my friends. And the first place we went to, we went to a restaurant and we actually asked them if um, we, we, we all just wanted to eat whale because like, you know, we're in Iceland. So. Um, and we actually asked them if, um, if, if they served it. And it turned out that this was like some like super progressive anti-whale hunting restaurant. So the guy, the guy at the desk was a bit, was kind of like, um, you know, we're, we're a whale friendly restaurant. We don't, we don't serve that. No, he, he, he said, we're sort of, he said, we're sort of a whale friendly restaurant. And the woman like heard him who his like coworker and was like, yeah. what do you mean sort of like, and she, she like flew, flew the and we were all started standing there like, oh, I think we asked the wrong people. But then, yeah, we walked 10 minutes down the road and we got some whale steak. It was, it's interesting. It's like the texture of beef, but it tastes like fish. Texture of beef, it tastes like fish. God, that sounds odd. 
Yeah. Oh, no, it's, I guess it's like eating like narwhal or something like that. Because I definitely know that in some of these have you more Arctic that? places. No, no, oh, I'm just assuming. I, I, th- I mean, these are the things that I think about, obviously, when I'm, you know, not like ranting on the internet. I'm like, I wonder what narwhal tastes like. Okay. I was going to say, if you, were just, if you were just telling me off for eating whale and it turns out you've eaten narwhal. Then like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Massive regret. No, no, I haven't. I mean, I don't really come into contact too much with people who are from uh, that part of the world. And I also don't really go there that often. Mm. But I'll let you know if I do. You'll be the first person okay. to tell. Well, there's only 300,000 of them, so it's not surprising you don't encounter many. Well, they're, apparently they're like a pretty like big staple food for really some of these like Arctic places. Mm. I watched a documentary about it, so obviously I'm an, I'm an expert now. Of course. I know. Yeah. We, we, know we know you're an expert, <laughs> an expert on everything. That's why you have a YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you how did you get into the the world of YouTube? Like what what made you want to do that? You sort of touched on it earlier, but um when did mm-hmm. you start and how did you decide to kind of go in that direction? I don't think that I ever had this uh idea specifically where I thought, you know, it'll be really fun. I'm going to make a YouTube channel. That was never really a thing to me. Uh even when I was younger, I really just wanted to be involved in writing, which is obviously why I went and did a master of journalism. Um, but I think sort of the, the crowning moment for me was when Trump was elected and I was like, you know what? Mm. Because all the, all the commentary surrounding it had been so like one sided. Mm. And I was like, no one else is talking, especially in Australia, no one else is talking about the other side of this. And obviously there are awesome right wing commentators and things here or people who are moderate com- commentators and whatnot. But yeah, no one was really talking about it in any sense of depth. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to make a video about social issues. And really, that's I kind of just it kind of just happened. Um, I didn't it wasn't planned out by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not that clever, <laughs> um, which is why it shocks me that it's gotten you know to this sort of level in such a short space of time. Because I, I started in uh, March at the end of March of 2018. Okay. And oh no, sorry, February. I lie. I started mm-hmm. in February of 2018. Yeah. yeah. And here we are. Awesome. And what was the first video that you put out? <laughs> it was ten reasons why you can't compare American gun control and Australian gun control. Okay, so you started so, light. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really wanted to get attacked. I was like, you know what? I want to get yelled at. This is a great time. I actually sat. It was, it was. I posted it to Facebook, and it kind of went. I wouldn't say viral, but it, I think it had like seven hundred thousand views overnight, which is wild. Like that sounds in my mind. I don't know. I don't know what constitutes I, viral. Some people have told me that's over a million or. I'd, I'd say 700,000 overnight is certainly viral. Okay. Well, it, it got, you know, it got like a lot of views and I was like blown away, but the, it was funny because the comments, because Australia is like a fairly anti-gun country in the sense that most Australians have never held, seen or fired a gun. Mm-hmm. So their perception of them is fairly negative. So I made this video, posted this video, not even really expressing an opinion, just being like, here's what, you know, like factually, like what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the vitriol in the comments was so much so that I honestly just sat in my living room and cried. Oh, and no. now I... <laughs> I just, I went like full, like just bawled my eyes out. I was like, yeah. how are people this nasty? But yeah. then, and you, you'll you know this too, because I know that you get a lot of dissenting views <laughs> and a lot of hate, yeah. but uh, you sort of like level up and then you get to this level where you're like, you know what? Yeah, it's fine. You kind of just yeah. laugh at it at the end. You have to. Yeah. It, ta- it takes a certain kind of personality, I think, to deal with it. Um, yeah, I agree. So were you... I mean, how much of that did you have to begin with? Were you already kind of, because I mean, to even post up a video like that, um, you, you must have known, okay, you're probably going to get some, maybe you didn't, maybe you got a lot more than you expected, but yeah. you must have known, okay, this is going to rile some people up, surely. 
I, I think because I try to approach it really, if, if like when I go back and watch it, not that I can, I can't watch my old content, but if I were to go back and watch it or if I read through with the, like the notes that I made, I really do have an absence of like strong opinion in there. So I think that when I posted it, Doesn't I was matter. of this, I know, and I know that now. <laughs> Time, but at the time, I thought, mm, you know what? This is a rational, rational argument that I'm putting forward. Please give me your opinions back that are statistically or factually backed up. And that's not what happened. So I learned a lesson that day that people on the internet are very mean, which is why I have uh, very limited sympathy when people are like, oh no, people on the internet are mean. Because the reality is, this is the nature of social media. People can express their opinion. Mm. aggressively and um you know if you're in the public space you sort of just have to accept that yeah. i don't know if people think that way but that's certainly how i think yeah do you think people have always been like that and the internet just exposes it or do you think that it really yeah. really just makes people act worse i think it's sort of a combination of things i think that this sort of hostility and the vitriol that we get in society a lot is probably internal or probably was internalized before the internet or at least you would talk about that in your social circles with your friends your family or whoever mm. i think the, all the internet did was give people platform and basically facilitate those discussions more openly. So, you know, you might have that, you know, you might get into a Facebook group and talk about how much you hate flat earthers. And that's obviously, <laughs> that, that'll be concrete and, and, you know, uh, specific to that group. But then if anyone wanted to, they could take that and share it elsewhere. So yeah, I think it's a bunch of things, but I think people are, people are pretty good for the most part, but I think a lot of people are fairly hostile these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm very interested in like psychology just generally. It's not something I've ever mm. formally studied, but I feel yeah. like I've sort of been accidentally studying it for the past 15 years, at least quite, quite intensely just through the nature of what I do. Firstly, just through my music and just seeing mm. how people respond to stuff with that. And then kind of moving into, I don't even know what I do now, like aspects of commentary and <laughs> podcasting and all these kind of things. And you're just like, man, human beings are strange. They are. Yeah, definitely. And especially too, when you have any sort of platform, when you, you know, when people are coming at you for expressing your ideas and things, mm. you really do get to see, you get to see a lot of it, especially when a lot of it's directed at you personally. You're like, why are people so angry? Yeah. That's my thing is I would love to know why people are so angry. Mm. I, I have, I have, a, I have a lot of theories on that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, give, give us your best one. Okay. What's your, what's your prevailing one? Okay. Wow. It depends. <laughs> Man, where do I even start with this? So I think that, man, this feels like, I feel like my answer could take like an hour. <laughs> That's why I'm kind of hesitant to even start. I think, um, well, firstly, in terms of the online stuff, of course, mm. so much conversation, so many key elements of a normal human interaction and conversation are removed online, right? You, you right. move further and further. So the closest thing to a normal human interaction, which we've all been used to for millennia and what the way you're supposed to communicate is face to face, right? Like that's how human beings for 99% of history always communicated. And then the next best thing is what we're doing now, right? We, we can see each other, we can talk in real time. Um, and so I can still see, you know, your facial reactions and everything and that creates mm -hmm. a natural level of empathy and sympathy. And, you know, if, you hurt the other person or you say something you don't like, you can like physically, you can see the response in their face. And it, it's actually really hard to be like, unless you're just an a-hole, it's hard to be like really <laughs> cruel to someone, um, especially if they don't like deserve it face right. to face, you know, cause you can see mm -hmm. their reaction. Um, and the further you move away from all that, then the worse it gets. And like the worst is something like Twitter, 
right? Because Twitter, it's like, it's just words. And you get that tiny little avatar. Half the time, people don't have real names. People don't have- Right, or pictures. No, no no one knows who anyone is. And it's like jumping into a conversation halfway because Twitter is just like an empty room and you just Mm -hmm. walk in there and you shout an opinion and people, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's not like a forum where, okay, this is the conversation thread. It's just like, hey, this is what I think about this. And oftentimes it's like a contentious topic or whatever. So then you're mm-hmm. just like strangers coming back and screaming and no one no one cares. There's no empathy. People forget they're talking to other human beings. So it's very right. easy to go on a YouTube channel or on Twitter and just write some awful thing you would never say to someone in real life. Um, mm. So I think that's a factor. In terms of people just being angry, I think there's a whole bunch of reasons. Um, I think the media has highly polarized people and you know, politics has become some form of new religion slash entertainment. And people are kind of like really firmly in teams and not everybody is, but the people Mm -hmm. kind of in that space do tend to be. And people also create caricatures of other people, right? So, you know, 99% of people who interact with you online do not know you, right? They might think they do or whatever, but what they really have is like a caricature in their brain of an avatar of who they think Sidney Watson is, right? Right. So they just hear one of your opinions. They might just see you wearing a MAGA and it's like, okay, I yep. now they, in their brain, they're like, I now know everything about this girl. <laughs> I know. No, no, it's this, a good point. She's that, yeah. She like, they form mm-hmm. this whole thing in their brain. And yeah. once someone forms that opinion, it's really hard to get them out of it, you yeah. know? Um, and that happens now when people have been sold on this thing that, you know, everyone who likes Trump is racist or is this or is that, or, you know, and so, someone who is in that world, that's just how they go. And, and it runs the other direction too. You know, there are people who like just think, oh, well, every, every liberal is just this or everyone who thinks that way is just that. And all the nuance is just, is just gone. I just think we've moved too far away from normal human life and communication essentially. Well, people love tribes. I think that's part of it that a lot of people, like, I guess they overlook that. But I, I just certainly agree with you in the sense that uh, obviously I'm somewhere on the right. I don't even call myself conservative anymore precisely because of what you're talking about, where you basically get boxed in. So I always just say oscillate between libertarian and conservative because maybe one issue I'm more libertarian, another issue I'm more conservative. Um, but I think what's problematic about the way that at least we conceptualize politics is the fact that because we are in tribes, uh, if you have any opinions that sit outside of the tribal opinion, you're basically ostracized and you get attacked by your own side, so to speak. And obviously that, that stops people from expressing dissenting viewpoints or viewpoints that might actually be more plausible or more valid than the prevailing viewpoint. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, like, I guess that at least from my perspective, I think that's super frustrating. And that's probably why a lot of people too uh, won't express their ideas, at least not in full. And I think that's like a really sad byproduct of all of this. Yeah. Kills me. I- have you always been um have you always been political or is that something that you know you sort of developed over time? I think it's difficult to live in my household and not be political. Oh okay, okay. <laughs> my parents uh my dad's a business owner and so we grew up my my brother and I grew up in an environment where you're always seeing people that are grinding and striving and whatnot. And because my mom is a very typical American. She, you know, really, she loves her freedoms and she, she loves uh, being able to actually have those upheld, which is not so much a thing in Australia, which I don't know how many Aussies will agree with that, but that's definitely my perspective. Sure. So we grew up in this environment, always hearing 
you know, about the business side of things and then, you know, about how freedom is important, how liberty is important from mum. So mm. I think that even though my parents never really shoved it down my throat and were like, you have to think of a specific way, it's sort of a, it's a natural sort of conclusion to being in that you know, environment all the time. But no, I think that me personally, um, as I've gotten older, I've gotten considerably more political. Okay. Definitely when I was younger, I still, even I remember in high school, I, I had teachers who hated me because I was always <laughs> like, you know, I'd be like, I don't think that this is right. Like what you're saying is, Bleh. I'd just be that dissenting little jerk in the corner that was like, but really, we're, we're going to talk about refugees again. Oh, they hated me. Oh, no. <laughs> Give, give me give me an example like what what got you into trouble oh, I, uh, I remember i had this um english english uh teacher who i loved i thought he was the best thing since sliced bread and i'm pretty sure he hated me he was irish it's hard to tell sometimes <laughs> i love that i loved him i'm pretty sure that he hated me <laughs> I, it is true you know i'm okay. he used to i used to just be i was just a little i was a little turd i really yeah. like i was i was a little butt to him all the time but i loved him i think it was you know when like you like someone and you sort of are like a little bit mean to them mm. because you want them to like you back. I think it was that. And I was like 17. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I saying this? Why are we telling you this? Because um, <laughs> it's real talk with Zuby. <laughs> so I, I had this English teacher who I loved, but I was just obviously uh, this, like I said, this little jerk in the corner. And we, I remember once we had to write this paper, we were studying this book that was talking about refugees. And it followed the story of uh, a young girl who basically had to dress up like a boy to get out of her environment. Now, obviously, when you're talking about people in Afghanistan, obviously, you know, this could be lived in Saudi Arabia. Mm. Um, there's a lot of factors and like societal things that maybe we in the West don't really grasp so well. But we had to cover this whole refugee thing. And at the time, I remember writing this paper about it so angry because I was like, I don't want to have to parrot what you want me to say. Like, if, if I don't, if I have a problem with the whole refugee thing that's going on at the moment or the way that we conceptualize it, I should be able to say that. Mm. And I think this tutor was just like, this kid is just a butthead. Why is she like this? <laughs> I had this in university too. I remember I once wrote a paper about, this is I think my second or first or second year of uni. And I wrote this paper about how policing is necessary in some instances because my undergraduate degree was in criminology. Okay. I later found out that the, uh, the, the tutor who graded the paper failed it. <laughs> oh, and wow. I later found out that he participated in the Occupy Melbourne, so Occupy Wall Street, Occupy Melbourne protests mm. that had gone on at the time. And I just went and wrote a whole paper about how stupid they were. So, uh, of course, this dude's going to fail me. Oh, my goodness. It was bad. He crazy. told me I had worrying opinions. He wrote, yeah, have worrying <laughs> opinions. <laughs> And I was like, okay. All right, problem, well. problem, child. And now fast forward, here you are on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. It's sort of weird when you see like the correlation or like that, that relationship between your little butthead in class to I don't want to write about refugees to we need policing to I'm on YouTube. <laughs> that is funny. I, I'm, Life I'm, is absurd. On, on one thing there, I, I do need to speak to someone who holds this view, but I'm, I'm very puzzled by the... Um, like I can un totally understand skepticism and criticism of police and certain police actions, but mm -hmm. I'm I'm very puzzled by the there should be no police gang. Right. I can I can understand most political positions even if I don't hold them, but that mm -hmm. one that one I'm kind of like explain or people who are like we should abolish prisons and free all the prisoners and I'm like wait you know we want to make sure people aren't in prison who shouldn't be in prison, mm -hmm. but I am not remotely interested. <laughs> I see no upside in freeing certain people. Like you're, you're not there by accident. Like you, right. a bunch of people. Like no, you shouldn't be let back. 
into society. I don't know if you have any more insight into that than I do because I, I don't know. <laughs> well, I would ask the question, the people who say that we shouldn't have police or that police brutality you know, is the worst thing in the world and we need to abolish them completely, are those the same people that think that communism would work? Because based on that uh-huh. viewpoint, they think that they, they, I mean, their their version of society is this utopia where everybody holds hands, sings kumbaya and shares bread, you know, mm. when they're not waiting in the bread line. So the question then is, if if that's their perspective, then it makes total sense why they're like, we should just get rid of the police. We don't, we don't need them. And they're going basically Stalin post-World War II on this because it would actually become a situation where you would actually just be ignoring crime mm. and probably executing people who try to talk about it. Did you see that there was a thing that happened in Australia where a bunch of this, this, all these feminists got together basically on a show called Q&A, question and answer, and they basically just, you know, regurgitated rubbish for an hour. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. But one of them in particular was, <laughs> was saying that how we need to abolish, abolish prisons. And <laughs> did you see that? The no, redheaded I, I woman who was... No, I, I okay, when when when, uh, when we wrap this up, I'm sending it to you because okay. you are going to cry. Okay. But basically, this woman is talking about how we need to abolish prisons. But on the other hand, she's like, "Why do people rape women?" And it's like, "Well, friend, <clears throat> generally, when you abolish the place where you put the rapists, that lets them back on the streets to rape more people." Yeah, it's so odd. Like people, I, I try not to. You know, I mean. This is like the most un-PC thing in the world. But like in the past few years, I've always known this, but I've kind of just gradually, especially with the amount of time I've spent on Twitter and stuff, I've just sort of had to just accept that some people are just dumb, right? Like, you know, like you're not supposed to say that, right? But I'm always, I, I like to understand, you know, try to empathize and understand different perspectives and everything like that. But I do have to remember sometimes like, you know what, like some people are like, this is not me being cruel or just like some people are short, you know, and some people are tall and some people are fast and some people are slow and some people are good at math and some people, like some people are just dumb, you know, and that's not, that's not like a, yeah, it's not like a character judgment. It's just like your brain is not putting together. It's not connecting dots that should be obvious. Right. Like that should be really obvious thought like okay if we don't have, <laughs> if you want to reduce crime you yeah. shouldn't also be like okay but if you do it there's no punishment yeah no and you you, you are right though i mean that whole uh, look obviously there are issues within the police the policing system yes. within the judicial system all of us recognize that we know that and for the most part i mean i'm sure that you and i are on the same page i know we're on the same page in the sense that police brutality is wrong but also i think part of it too but i don't know how actually i know that britain is so similar to australia and your policing it's just very yeah questionable in in some instances you guys have gone way off the rails especially with things that you consider crimes oh gosh Um, yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. but here in america something that occurred to me recently is that maybe the reason for the police brutality or, or perceived police brutality is because Police are operating in an environment where firearms are legal, so any psycho yeah. uh, can basically pull one if they want to. And that's not to say that you know people can't pull knives and guns and things in countries where they are illegal. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, a, a much bigger portion of the population here has a firearm, yeah. so they're constantly in a situation where like death is actually uh, you know a, a fairly it's something that could happen to, to basically all of them, particularly at any time. So I think that a lot of um, police in maybe other countries don't have that specific understanding of the issue. Yeah. At least yeah. not in the same. Yeah. It's a legitimate issue. I mean, do. 
I yeah. think, don't quote me on this, but I think the most dangerous moment of for cops in the U.S. is actually traffic stops. I think that's yeah. the most dangerous thing that they do. So, right. you know, if they stop a car for speeding or a light busted or something, then there are videos online of people, you know, getting stopped by the police. And as the policeman's opening, approaching them, they just shoot him, you know, and like, yeah. that is obviously going to be in the back of their mind. So mm. you can understand, I think the thing with the U S I feel like this is the U S in a lot of things is like the temperature is just raised there. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like everything is, yeah. you can, I feel like America is almost the land of like, everything is just more, uh, polarized and everything you know there's just a bigger range of everything i feel like in the uk everyone's most people's opinions are sort of in in this range and in australia and in canada they're in this range yeah. and then the us mm -hmm. it's in this range you know mm -hmm. so like the conservatives in the us are like more conservative like yeah. much more conservative than they are in the uk you know there aren't there aren't right wing there there's there are no like right wing conservatives in the uk you know trying to bring the second amendment over or you know, even on issues like pro-life or it's just further on each side. It's like, I don't know. And then they've got like their whole sort of socialist wing of the democratic party. And yeah. whereas in the UK, it's like, it's just, it's just, everything's a bit more moderated. Um, yeah. America's yeah. reactive as well. I mean, I think a lot of people forget that America is a very, very, very reactive country. Mm. It's something that, I mean, since I moved here, it's something that's become very obvious to me. It was a culture shock to begin with because Aussies and I dare say the Brits, the Brits are a little bit different because the Brits internalize a lot of stuff. So if you say something to a Brit and they frown at you, that can mean any, an, any number of things, <laughs> any number of things. Whereas an Aussie would be more inclined to just be like, get away from me and then walk away if they're displaced or whatever, or they smile at you, whatever. Aussies are much more expressive in that sense, but also much more laid back. Americans, and I love Yanks. I love living here. It's a great country. There's so many great people, but they're reactive. They're reactive to being offended. They're reactive to being happy. And you know, it's something that um, actually, it, it's an interesting, interesting thing, how excited Americans get at your successes. Something mm -hmm. I've never, ever, ever experienced that. before. I love that. That might be my favorite thing about America. Yeah. They're I, just I like, like they're, they're so supportive. And I yeah. like, this is part of this reactiveness is like, if you're doing well, they're like, they're behind you. They mm. want you to do better. They're like pushing you up the hill. Like you can do it. Whereas, yeah. I mean, I don't know about England and you can, you know, or the UK, you can certainly qualify this, but uh, in Australia, it's much less that unless you're the underdog, then yeah, they're cheering it's the, you it's on. The, it's the exact same in the UK. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like in the U S people celebrate success a lot more. Yes. Right. I Love feel it. like, yeah. And you see it, you see it all the way through. You see it even in, look at how they, you know, school sports and university sports and it's, mm. everything's just huge and crazy. And they got the t-shirt cannons going and everyone's cheering and they've got 20,000 people watching a college basketball or football game or whatever. Like, right. you know, no one's watching university level sport. That's not televised. That's not, yeah, it's it's that's not like a big yeah. thing. Yeah. And even in the world yeah. of music, right? Like in the hip hop world, in the US, if you think of it, most big rappers were mm -hmm. brought through by another rapper, right? So it's like one rapper gets big and they put their arm down and they bring up another three right. and they get big and then they bring up another three and they get, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how it goes there. Whereas like yep. in the UK, for example, it's more like, you know, one person gets big and they don't want to really help anyone else get big because they're kind of worried that, oh, maybe they'll take their spot. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Whereas... Yeah. In the U.S., it's not like that. I mean, you know, one Dr. Dre gets big and then he brings like, of course, they had the whole NWA thing, but then he signs, he brings in Snoop 
he brings in uh, Eminem, he brings in this person, and then Eminem brings in 50 Cent, and Eminem brings in Obi Trice, and then 50 Cent brings in Lloyd Banks and June, and it's, it's, like, it's like a chain. It's like mm-hmm. a chain, and you don't get that in lots of other places. I mean, in the U.S., you have artists who, like, they can just be big in their hometown, and just, like, off their hometown, they get so much love that they can, you know, make a living just by being big in Dallas or being... Yeah big in yeah. LA or whatever. Whereas I think in the UK, it's kind of like, okay, you got to kind of, you have to, you have to kind of take the whole country, you know, you can't just, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting, but there's something kind of wired in the culture and in the, the yeah, no, no, you're definitely right. I, I mean, I don't, I know that Australians have what we call tall poppy syndrome mm. where they constantly want to cut you down when you get too far ahead. And, and I don't want any Aussies to think that I'm hanging you know, like basically being a, abusive. I love Australia. I love Aussies. When I go home, I'm like, heck yeah. Like they're just so happy. So I just want to qualify that. I love, I love my home country. I really do. But there's just these things about it where, yeah, you, you really do kind of struggle to get ahead. And if you do get ahead, then you're sort of being pulled back a little bit. Um, and I jokingly always say that Australia is a little bit of a prison sometimes for people who want to grind, which is something I just sincerely appreciate about America. But you're right in the sense that people, even in politics, I noticed that since I moved here, um, you know, people would help me. I'd be like, hey, and I don't, I don't like asking for help. I'm one of those people who really just wants to do it myself, just, you know, to get that sense of like personal achievement. But but, uh, you know, a lot of people will be like, hey, um, so you were trying to do this. Like, can I help in any way? And look, there's a portion of them that will never pull through. That's OK. But even in the political environment, and I will say this about people on the right, whether they be moderate or conservative, libertarian, whatever, they are so willing to just assist you because they just want you to get ahead. Yeah. And it's That's just true. such a. Yeah. I mean, so you're, I mean, obviously you've experienced it in the music world, but definitely on the political side of things, too. It's. Yeah, Americans are awesome like that. Yeah. They're really awesome. Even, like that. even on the political side of things. I mean, you know, when I went to the US, it was just I was there for nine weeks and it was just it was just a love fest, right? I just <laughs> I was just like, wow, you know, I, I was in all these cities I'd never been to before. And the amount of people who were just reaching out to me or I was just doing meetups for like through Twitter and like twenty-five people just kind of show up. Wow, this is cool. And everyone's getting on with each other. And then, you know got a fan who like works in the Pentagon and is like, Oh, I see you're in DC. Do you want to tour the Pentagon? I'm like, okay, cool. I tweet out, Oh, can anyone get me into the white house? And then the next day I've got two invitations to the white house going on Joe Rogan podcast and Ben Shapiro and all these people just reaching out to me and being like, Hey man, like, yeah, I see you're in LA. Like come do the show. Okay. And then you know, Fox news, Tucker Carlson's producer just emails me. Hey, Oh, Hey Zuby, we see you around. Like, what? I'm like, man, the U- in the UK, this doesn't happen to me. <laughs> You know, yeah. like, there's so many like, I don't know, big shows or whatever that I sort of could be on here. And, you know, I've done, I do stuff here and there. Um, big up to Sky News because Sky News love me. But um, it, it, it's weird. It's like the equivalent in the UK. Like, it's like they're just much slower to embrace people. And well, they look like their favorites. Mm. They've definitely got their favorites. I think it's the same thing in Australian media. And I mean, even the fact that, uh, you know, little outsiders like you and I have been able to sort of penetrate that in our home countries, I think is a bit of an achievement. But yeah, it becomes kind of insular, actually. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that it's a negative thing. It just is the way that it is. Yeah. And for whatever reason, this is just sort of what you have to work with. But it, it is a testament, definitely, to how... Uh, ingenious, I guess a lot of Americans are, how prepared they are to put their hand in their pocket. Honestly, that's why when people are like, oh, the world hates America, I just think, what are you talking about? Americans, 
I mean, obviously there's a handful that are butt bags and that's okay. We accept that, but <laughs> people. yeah, I mean, you're going to have your bad eggs in that basket, but there's also, you know, the majority of people I would say are awesome, which is why this whole coronavirus thing is really disappointing. Like watching basically people be punished for absolutely no reason, watching them lose their businesses and their livelihoods. Oh, and stuff. Yes, just, of course. Of course. It's really sad. All of it's really sad. So it is. Look, most, most people are decent. You know, someone who's, who's traveled a lot and I've uh, been to 30 something countries with like a big range of them is like, most people are decent. I don't know if I'd go as far as saying most people are good. I'd, I'd mm-hmm. say most people are sort of tend towards good and most people like want to do good. We've all got good and bad within us, but certainly I think most people are decent. Um, and that's every, honestly, there's no, of all the countries I've been to, I think like 32 or 33, I've, I've never been to any country where I was like, wow, the people here are like terrible, you know? Um, even, you know, there have been places where like, I was a, like a little bit concerned initially, just like, Ooh, I don't know how I'll be received here or whatever, especially like, you know, parts of like Eastern Europe or whatever. And then it's just like, Oh gosh, I had nothing. I had nothing to worry about. It was, it's it was- interesting that you say that though, because as someone who's black mm-hmm. and obviously there's this whole narrative that everyone hates black people for some reason. I mean, it's interesting to hear you say that because then your experience, especially if you've been to a bunch of different places directly contradicts the oh, whole gosh. everyone's a race like all white people are racist viewpoint which yeah. i think is maybe that's why you get so much hate from the left you know, <laughs> or, or people who think like that <laughs> yeah look i mean i i defy i defy a whole bunch of stereotypes like in yeah. any in any world in any avenue of what i do um and i i think i've always kind of been like that i mean even when i when i first started rapping and stuff of course i was you know i studied at oxford and no no one expects someone at oxford to be a rapper and it's just like, look, this is just me. This is what I do. These are my beliefs. Whatever. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be me. So, what, I mean, one of my favorite things in the world. I don't know if how maybe I get more chance to do this than you do, but one of my favorite things is to allow people to sort of make their uh, prejudgments and make their assumptions. Give them the rope to hang themselves with. Listen to them. <laughs> let, let them go off on their like tirade or whatever, and then just sort of be like show them that I think like the total opposite of what they sort of assumed that right. yeah. I would think. I had a really funny one in San Francisco, actually. Really funny. Um, I was actually, I was leaving, I was leaving the city. I was flying to Texas um, and I got in the Uber in San Francisco and um, the guy was like, Hey man, where are you from? And I was like, I'm from the UK. And he was like, okay, I've got to tell you one thing, man. I was like, what's that? It's like, I'm sorry. I was like, what do you mean? I'm sorry. I was like, why are you saying that? And he's like, the president, you know, I'm sorry. I apologize on behalf of, you know, all Americans for our president and whatever. And he started, you know, so obviously he's like super dude. This guy was like super anti-Trump, like crazy anti-Trump. So yeah. he started going on that. And then like, I let him go for a while. And then I was like, I can't remember what I said. I think I said something like, yeah, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Oh, <laughs> that throws him. Crashed, he almost crashed the car. <laughs> he, he, was, he was like, what? Like, what? What? Like, like, he was so he was so confused like he, he was like because obviously in his mind he was like okay this is a black guy he's not he's, yeah. not, he's obviously gonna hate trump right that was yeah. his brain process so i was just like okay i won't say anything immediately and then uh yeah i was the only uber driver where i spent like 20 minutes like just in a you know fairly heated argument with the driver but you know i think we both learned from it those situations are worrying though because you don't want to get kicked out of the car that happened to me once in colorado really? um, no way. yeah 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 um and I can't exactly remember specifically what I said, but basically, 
And it'd be interesting to hear your take on this because we were talking about black Americans. Oh, wow. um, and oh. the guy who, he, I think he was 25 or 26. Anyway, I get in the car and I'm actually going to meet um, some of my family members because I don't even know why. I think we were going like refrigerator shopping, whatever. So I get in the car and he and I start chatting. He was super sweet. And um, somehow it comes up that he says that he's fiscally conservative, but socially liberal, which I mean, there's people, whatever, like I get it. I mean, again, I'm not here to tell people that they have to stick with a tribal mentality. You want to think. So uh, he was asking me about being Australian and what have you. And I said, basically like one of the biggest things for me being in the States is sort of like the culture shock in the racial tension because Australia is reasonably ethnically homogenous unless you're from like a major uh, city like Melbourne or Sydney, where you obviously have quite a large Asian population, quite a large Indian population. And, uh, you know, I think for the most part, people are pretty normal and chill about it. They just kind of get on with life. But for the most part, Australia is an ethnically homogenous country. This is a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming to the U.S. and having to uh, sort of deal with that racial divide is like it's really confronting when you're not used to it, when you haven't ever had to deal with it before. The other side of things, too, and I know this is a lot of exposition, but the other thing, too, is you hear a lot about it in the media. So all of our perception of the black community in uh, the media, by media standards, is, you know, that there's a lot of uh, drugs, there's a lot of um, crime and gun violence and things like that. So you have this mentality going into it. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's accurate or not, that's, I mean, that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. So I get chatting to him about exactly this and explaining these things to him. And he says, well, shouldn't we be, you know, should, why, don't, why are you thinking about the world as, as, you know, being like a global citizen? You know, we should all be global citizens and we should basically all be getting along. And I was like, are you, I don't think that's the reality of things, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, most people have got their prejudices and their opinions and things. And that's obviously what dictates their, their viewpoints. We went from that stage got very heated having this discussion about race, which obviously is the worst thing to have a discussion about <laughs> with an Uber driver. I was, gonna, I was like, yeah, Trump, Trump is a better debate than that one. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Trump and race. These are the two that you're getting, you're getting kicked out of the car. You're getting on the side of the road for you now. So by the end of it, he was so, I mean, I was pretty chill. Cause I was like, whatever, I don't care if you think differently. Just like, just back your viewpoints up, whatever. Mm. So we're having this discussion by the end of it. He's basically just like, get out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Wow. What did, Wonderful. Did, did you say something, Sydney? What did you say? I don't think, but that's the thing. I don't think I said anything. I don't think I said anything. I got out of the car and I was very, I was very like, what did I do? Because oh I mean, God. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I try not to be sweeping. I mean, I, I, I mean, when I talk about feminism, always I'm sweeping, but for the most part, <laughs> that was I try. That, 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 that's a great, that's a brilliant sentence right there. What? I try not to be sweeping. <laughs> When I talk about feminism, I'm always sweeping. I didn't even there's think a good, about there's that. There's a good double entendre right there. That's terrible. That's awesome. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> you're, you're so much cleverer than me. Um, but no, I don't think I said anything. And that's, and that's what killed me. I think it was just this general discussion, having someone disagree with him. Because Colorado, I think, as a general rule, is a reasonably liberal area, at least in Denver and Boulder and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think this poor kid was just like, what is happening right now? Anyway, by the end of it, he got frustrated. He asked me to get out of the car, so I did. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, am, am I right in saying that you've been uh, you've been been kicked out of an apartment as well? Yeah. Oh mind. man, I've had so many experiences being like aggressively right wing. <laughs> so t- yeah. T- tell tell us about that story. I'm getting kicked out of my apartment. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so one of my. <laughs> One of my girlfriends here is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful girl, and she's lovely and beautiful and smart, but she also sometimes says things 
that uh, have deleterious effects on my life. This is one of the Whenever things. someone compliments someone like that, like so much upfront, it's like, you know that there's like something bad. <laughs> <laughs> She's she lovely and beautiful. <laughs> but it's like, I'm, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the but. Like, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, no, if she ever listens to this, she'll be like, Sydney. Um, <laughs> no, but on this on this occasion, I love this person to pieces. She's awesome. Uh, but she she made a comment. I just moved in to a sublet, basically. So I'd organized a three-month sublet here in D.C. for when I first got here, and this is back in June of last year. Mm-hmm. When I just moved, I was fresh off the boat. It was wonderful. So I move into this place. Um, I told them up front that I was right-wing because I didn't want to run into any issues if, you know, they looked me up or anything like that and then saw Sydney Watson hates women. Sydney Watson is a degenerate. Sydney Watson is a bush pig. You know, I didn't want any of that. <laughs> so, so I'm... Did you say I'm bush pig? <laughs> A bush pig. So I'm. I, do I'm, people say, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I need. I'm gonna. I need to adopt that into my vocabulary. I've never even pig. thought of like. I know what a bush pig is, but I've never heard it like used as a person. I think as a general rule, Australians use that to refer to ugly people. Mm. Um, so if you are in fact a bush pig, uh, and someone <laughs> calls you that, you might want to you know just look at them twice. Okay. We've, got some, we've got some good insults. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh yeah. Okay. We've got some good insults, but um. So yeah, I didn't want them looking me up. And finding this information and then judging me off of it because obviously, funnily enough, probably about a week before the reason I even found this sublet, I was in this Facebook group and I'd commented basically being like, Hey guys, like I'm looking for a place, blah, blah, blah. And someone had commented on it and they said, and I screenshotted it and posted it to my followers because I thought it was so funny. But this guy was like, Sydney Watson's a racist xenophobe. You don't want to live with her, like blah, oh, wow. blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, rats, you know, like you, you just done found me out. So I told these girls up front. They seem fine with it. They were like, well, we're liberal. And I was like, I literally don't care. Like, I don't care. So I'm moving my stuff in. My housemate is chatting with one of them. And she says, oh, you know, like, you should Google Sydney. And I was like, you, why did you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, love you, but why? Why are you just, no. Anyway, so so she says this, uh, the the housemate girl is like, "Uh uh-huh. And then we're talking just generally about, you know, like, what my friend does um, for her job and how obviously we both work in sort of conservative media and whatnot. Mm. By the end of the conversation, I think the housemate wanted to run and fling herself off the balcony. I'm not sure. I can't really say. But uh, <laughs> by the end of it, I think she was just done. So she walked out of the room. And then the next day, I get a call, for, a text, sorry, from her. And she says, um, basically, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh, hmm. So when I got back to the apartment, she's like, you kind of have to leave. Like our landlord doesn't want you here. She's like, he, we're, we're not like allowed, like we're not supposed to be subletting this room. And I was like, but you, you subletted it like a couple months ago. She's like, yeah, we know, but he doesn't want you subletting it. And I was like, oh, wow. oh okay then. So I had to leave. They gave me like seven days and I was out. And now so the, the landlord was, 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 sorry, was the landlord in this conversation or? No, well, no, he was sort oh, of okay. external to it, but he was like a factor in it in the sense that, see, this is why like I made clear when I made the video about it, I was like, I don't know whether or not this was the, because no one ever said this explicitly to me, but the situation in which it happened where my housemate made this comment, living with these liberals, the next day they're like, you need to leave. Mm-hmm. And then the excuse that they gave me was we're not supposed to be subletting this room or we're not allowed to sublet this room. And they literally just done that like a couple of months ago. So that's why I was I was just super skeptical mm-hmm. and I was just like, this is nuts, but it wouldn't shock me. When I told some other people about it, I was like, I want to talk about this, I want to make a video about it. And everyone was like, it's, it's not surprising. Because then another landlord that I had after that was so, so hyper, 
hyper liberal that, um, you know, she would come in and have conversations with me about how much she hates Republicans. And I would sit there and I'd be like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, and she was, she was telling me how racist Australians are and how like the climate's going to end and how like the world's going to like go up in smoke in 12 years. And I'm sitting there like, do you need a back rub? Because do you, sedatives, can I get you a Tylenol? Are you, do you need something? And she's like, these are the people that you deal with here. That's amazing. So, I mean, it's, it's not shocking really if they chucked me out for being conservative. Oh, okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Of, of where you are right now? Um, I have a I have a beautiful little apartment in DC. Okay. My landlord is still a liberal, um, and he's he's actually wonderful. I mean, he he's honestly one of the nicest people ever. Despite the fact that there is a sign in our house that says "liberal free zone," so I guess when he comes in, we have to spray him uh, just <laughs> to make sure that he doesn't get any of his little germies anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But no, he's awesome. So cool. I'm really lucky. You know, I think I think we lucked out with our landlord. My housemate and I are pretty lucky in that sense. Okay. This thing is cool. driving me crazy. It keeps coming out of my damn ear. Can I rip it out of my laptop and not just not deal with it, please? Uh, no. Is that going to mark your sound up? Yeah, I will. Okay. That's all right. Just hang in there. You're, you're tough. You've dealt with worse. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Just shove it really hard in my ear. <laughs> there we go. That sounded bad, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I said a I, lot of I refused, things. I refused to. I was like, let me, I'll, let, I'll let that one slide. I've said a lot of things that can definitely be taken out of context. So I call, call myself now a bush pig. Um, <laughs> So that I like sweeping <laughs> and uh, now I'm shoving it in there. That's great. Great. Yeah, great job, Cindy. It's, it's all good. I, br- I bring it all out. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> More articles appear. Sydney what's not. <laughs> <laughs> to take little, little snippets and, you know, make the deep fake. Oh my God. Um, <sighs> really bad. So, so what's the, I mean, you, you live at, you live at ground zero for everything. I mean, you're, you're in DC. Yeah. So yeah. I went to DC for the first time November last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's it like being in the political epicenter of the US? It's awesome. I mean, uh, DC is is so polarized in the sense that there are Republican bars, there's left-wing bars. Mm. Most people are fairly liberal. So I think that you basically keep your opinions <coughs> under wraps for the most part. Um, but I think part of it too is that it's super exciting and it's super fun in the sense that everything's always happening. And so if you're, you know, if you got your ear to the ground, you know exactly what's going on 99% of the time. And also too, it's awesome. You know, you have the opportunity to roll into, uh, to, to run into some really fun people. Uh, you get to meet a butt ton of people cause they're everywhere. So I, even though I love DC, I hate it, but also I don't think I'd move anywhere else. Maybe gotcha. into Virginia, buy a nice ranch, mm. thousand horses. Perfect. Yeah. Have you met Orange Man Bear? I haven't. Oh, oh okay. I'm dying to. I'm dying oh, okay. to. I'm just, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you where I'm just waiting for someone to, to be like, hey, Sydney, do you want to come to the White House? And I'd be like, oh, okay. Hey. No, I haven't done any of that yet, though, but I'm excited to. I would like to. I don't know how much clout I have, but I could possibly get you in. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think I have any clout, to be yeah. honest. And that's probably why they haven't asked. They're probably well, just you, like, well, this You kid. need to beat my, my uh, deadlift record and then you'll get me invite. <laughs> That's the key. Yeah, that's it. Just be like, Sydney is actually my, um, she's my handler. Uh, she has to come. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, just do that. Just tell people that. That's the excuse now. Okay, we could, we'll, we could try it out. We could try it out. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone, I'm honestly, I'm sure there's someone that I know who could hook a sister up, but I don't know. I'm yeah. sure it'll happen eventually if I yeah. just upset the right people or the wrong people. That's the goal. <laughs> you, seem, you seem to be doing fairly well, you know. 
Being polarizing, yeah. Since your origin in 2018. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Who, who, have <laughs> no. you had, who have you had like the strongest backlash from? Mm. What, in terms of groups or, or people? Mm. In ter- in ter- okay, no, I don't, want, I don't really like to talk about individuals, but okay. is there like a group? Like I know, I know which sort of subsections or which belief groups like I get the strongest backlash from if I like remotely encroach or say anything remotely critical um, about mm-hmm. them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, I will say, I, I think I'm lucky in the sense that especially with YouTube, I don't really get that much hate anymore. Okay. I don't know. I've sort of like cultivated this environment where I think people, people will um, definitely argue in the comments, but usually they're not directing any of that at me, which I'm very mm. thankful for. I don't okay. want to be name called all the time, but definitely I think the group that I upset the most would probably be the feminists, mm, obviously. Join the club. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I certainly know that with your transgender, uh, you being transgender, um, I think that, you know, that, that probably gets them on side, but also not on side. But I definitely, I definitely think for me, just because I am so critical of feminism, they, I think they view me as sort of like the anti-woman and they think <laughs> that I hate women, which is absurd. And it's such a, such a silly viewpoint because yeah. why would I hate women when I am one? And why would I hate women's rights when they affect me, directly mm. affect me? So it's so funny because I think that a lot of people think that I am of the opinion, I, you know, I'm like Ann Coulter where I think that women shouldn't have the vote or women shouldn't be firefighters <laughs> or policemen, which is not the case. <laughs> so it's really they, funny because, oh, yeah, sorry, go. <laughs> no, you go. Firemen and policemen, I um, don't know. Most most shouldn't be. Some some uh, should be, well, if most, if you're but, if you've earned the position, if you got course. there because you're the best of the best, I of don't course. care what you are. I mean, of course. you could have. I'm talking. I'm talking physically. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah, talking physically, sure. right? I don't think like a scrawny little dude should be a policeman, policeman, or right. or a fireman, right? Because of the, yeah. the physicality of it. I don't mean technical. Well, I was going to say I don't mean competence, but the physicality is part of the competence, right? Yeah. If you're a fireman, you can't carry someone out of like a burning building or climb up a ladder really quickly or whatever then you're you're actually going to be putting people at risk by you doing that. I don't I don't want diversity hiring when it comes to like the military or the or the police or, or fire department because it's like sure. no like I want the person who can pull me out the burning building. <laughs> right, the yeah. There aren't realistically going to be very many women who can do that. If there is like some super jack super fit woman, awesome. But um, right. reality yeah. it's mostly going to be dudes. No, no, and I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. But it's more that uh, women should still have the opportunity to apply for those positions and those roles. The same thing with combat. Of course. And I have a lot of friends who are in the military who've always said to me that they don't believe that women should be in the military. And that's predominantly because obviously women cause, and and, and I say this with trepidation, but women do cause some issues in the military. That's not all of them. Obviously, Mm. I would say it's maybe a reasonably small percentage. I don't know. I'm not in the army or in the military, so please don't want to attack me for that. But um, certainly I've had a lot of friends over the years tell me that women should not be particularly in combat roles yeah. and things like that. They can absolutely do logistics and they can be in support positions, but they should not be in combat. Mm. And um, again, my thing has always come back to, and again, I'll say this as someone who has no experience in this realm, this is just the way that I would feel about it, you know, in any environment. But if she's the best of the best and she's up there with the men and yeah. she can do everything that the men can do, why not? And she wants to, sure. Yeah, no, I'm, sure. I'm I'm in that. I'm just I just also understand the reality that you know the number is going to be low, right? If you're if you're expecting it to be fifty fifty, then 
it's as silly as expecting 50% of uh, nursery teachers right. or pre- or primary school teachers to be male. It's just like, of course, men should have the opportunity to do that. Of course, men should be able to be nurses or whatever. But if you're expecting a 50-50 outcome on the other end, then you don't inhabit reality. You know, <laughs> right. One interesting thing I've heard about the military, I can't remember where I heard this, but I heard that what that having females in units actually causes some problems because the men become sort of overly protective yes. of the women. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't remember where I read about this, but apparently mm-hmm. it cause it can cause them to almost make wrong decisions, right? Make decisions that they wouldn't make in an all male unit because there's it 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 just changes the dynamic. You know, if you have like ten guys or twenty guys and you have one woman, then mm-hmm they there's just that natural yeah i I don't know i don't know the right word i don't know inclination yeah there's an inclination to yeah to protect her you know like not that they don't protect each other men but it just changes the whole changes the whole dynamic and just makes the whole thing a little bit messy that's what i've that's what i've heard no no like i've heard the same thing from again friends that have been um deployed and whatnot they're like having women basically on the ground with them is fine because for the most part those girls are pretty chill but Mm. i will never forget this Uh, a friend of mine we're we're not friends now but a friend at the time we had this discussion he was um an eod guy so he would obviously do like deal with bombs and things like that Mm. and he once told me that if a woman is getting shot to death, the guy or a guy. So say that there's a situation where you have a male who's been shot and a woman who's been shot Mm -hmm. and a guy who's fine and trying to pick who to help. Naturally, he wants to help both of his his teammates, so to speak. But he's a hundred percent going for the woman first. And he's like, it just can't be like that. Like he, a no guy should be running through, you know, a spray of bullets to help a girl simply because she's a girl. You know, there's, there's things that go on in these environments that they need to consider before the sex of the soldier that they're helping. And then the other thing that he said, and I want, this is the part I will never forget. Um, he basically told me that part of the problem with having women in combat environments is uh, the fact that we get periods and the fact that we are more hormonal, you know, at particular times yeah. of the month and whatnot. He's like, you can't have that <laughs> yeah. in, in, a, in an environment like that because, you know, like you're going to you're going to be PMSy with me like while we're about to go out on a mission. Are you joking? Yeah, He's yeah. like, and then the other thing, too, if a woman gets taken by the opposition or gets taken by the enemy. Um, what do you think is going to happen to her? She's yes. not just going to get bashed up. Yeah. She's getting, she's getting sexually assaulted. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it that's, very, that's very true. It's, you know, it's like, this is the stuff that you're like, you know, you're not supposed to say, you're not supposed to talk about, but it's just, yeah. it's just reality. You know, yeah. those are just like harsh realities of life and biology and psychology and everything like that. And I know, you know, some people don't like to, ooh, and, and, and as soon as you delve into that realm, it can be, it can be touchy, but it's just like, look, these, this is just, it's just how it is. I didn't create nature. I didn't create biology. I didn't write all the rules, but right. you know, sometimes the chips just fall the way they fall. Even if, even if these things are true, right. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not here saying that they are or not. I don't know. I have no experience in this and I have no experience in this realm, but yeah. let's say that they are. I mean, it should be something that you should reasonably be able to have a discussion about because oh, yes. if these things are happening, then they need to be considered and they need to be dealt with because regrettably like biology does dictate a lot oh, yeah. <laughs> it dictates more than we are you know we're pre- prepared and willing to admit and as a female um obviously there are things that you know women are just as intelligent and capable as men but it really we have limitations and men have limitations it's just the way that things are i'm a bit no, of both you, i'm a bit of both though like i, I switch I don't, yeah, you're not a good example because with, you know, with you identifying as a woman and being as jacked as you are, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, 
you're just, you're just an elite one of us. You know, you could go and become an MMA fighter and become a champion in the women's league. I probably so. could with very little training, to be honest. <laughs> 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 I uh, learn some basic moves and then just rely on brute strength. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, probably. You could yeah. just like smash some faces in. I'm sure you could do that in the men's uh, division as well, Ooh, just with the skinnier, uh, skinnier boys. Yeah, I wouldn't be in their weight class though, would I? So nah. no, I, I wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't. Just I identify wouldn't. as the weight below. Oh gosh, yes. I might um, identify as a child and like, you know, into some, into some teen rugby and stuff. Uh, jokes aside, uh, that is so a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why shouldn't it be? If you can do one, why not the other? Like, I don't, I don't see why. Right. Yeah. yeah. You want to be a different sex? Fine. You want to have age regression? Fine. Whatever. Like we, we accept everything today. What, what is more ridiculous? Me being 25 years old or me being a woman? Which one is more believable? Well, obviously, being twenty-five would be more yeah. believable. So, why can't I be twenty-five? Like, if I can be a woman, like, why can't I be twenty-five? I mean, that's as far as I'm concerned. That's far more reasonable. Or, like, surely, I can at least be like Jamaican or something. Like, why not? <laughs> you want to identify as Jamaican? Go for it. Go why for not? it. Why not? <laughs> Grow your dreads. Go on. <laughs> Make it a whole thing. Go on. We're disappointed. We're all waiting. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Awesome. I, I was thinking about this in the terms of like, if I really wanted to get ahead uh, in, in whatever environment, whatever field, say that I arbitrarily picked one, mm-hmm. um, you can obviously do that as a female. So it's sort of, it's a bit stupid to consider the fact that you've now, not you, but society has now created this whole structure where you can easily identify as a woman just to get ahead. Oh yeah. Just to get into a different prison even. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. We really created a rod for our back. Terrible it's idea. It's insane. Terrible mm-hmm. idea. This, this this comes back to my thing of some people just being dumb, right? Like if you can't see the problem there, like either you're just so ideologically possessed that it's crazy or like yeah. you're just dumb. Like if you, if you can't see why that's a bad idea, right? Yeah. Okay. We've got a male who has gone to prison for um, violently sexually assaulting women. So, oh, but he wants to identify as a woman. So let's put, wait, what? Like, yeah. It's like, it sounds like a South Park sketch or something. You know what I mean? And you're just like, oh, this is real life. I do, I do hope after, you know, as we're recording this, I, I don't know when this episode will come out, but as we're recording it, we're in this coronavirus quarantine moment. I do mm-hmm. sincerely hope that this whole thing, mm-hmm. I do hope that once we come out of it, some of the nonsense that's been going on in the modern Western world takes a backseat. I do hope, and that might be wishful thinking, but I do sincerely, it's been so long since like we've actually had like a real problem. And I think so mm-hmm. many problems in the modern West stem from not having real problems. And now like, okay, we've been slapped sideways by this thing. So I do right. hope, okay, after this, people can just be like, okay, no, that's nonsense. No more of that. No more of that. Just be like, okay, let's, let's just be normal again. It might make the people in the middle come together. Yeah. I think that might be a net effect where all the normal people or the decent people, as you, as you call them, mm-hmm. uh, basically unite and say, well, we're not, we're not abiding by this anymore. But I mean, if you think about it, this whole coronavirus thing hasn't stopped people from promoting their crazy SJW viewpoints. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I, <laughs> people have been making I, jokes I, about I it. I saw the other day about how it, um, how it's a transgender issue specifically. I was like, stop, oh, please, please insane. Stop. Oh, did you see how the ones, the ones about how um, this is a signal of white supremacy and white nationalism? Yes, yes. and how and, women are more affected. 
Yes, and how it's a disaster for feminism, as written in The Atlantic. And uh, the joke that I find most funny is how people are saying that by feminist logic, for every dollar a man loses during this time of, you know, great economic <laughs> upheaval, women are only losing 80 cents. Oh, my goodness. Girls, you're doing so well. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it's a fair point. It's using their logic against them. But really, I mean, wouldn't the feminists oh, I, I care so it. deeply? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they care so deeply about equality. Yeah. They care so deeply about the uh, the gender gap or the gender pay gap. Why are you guys not saying anything? Hmm? Just just curious. So what you're saying, Sydney, is that you is that you hate women and you want to roll back all their rights. That's basically what you're saying, right? Clearly, I would just want to. I just want to do away with voting. Uh, how did you guess? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, it's exactly what I want. I I personally want to be you know rendered to housewife space again i just you know that no but uh, like this people actually <laughs> think that i think that i don't know why i actually have to qualify this people if people take that out of context it's going to sound really bad but i know people actually think that i think that and i really don't i mean yeah. ladies do what you want to do just don't be a butthead about it that's don't, be a, don't be a bush pig story <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you because I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a rude, rude anti-feminist. <laughs> that's, uh, that's okay. That's okay. Um, I was going to say, where can, where can people find you online? I'm everywhere. You so are. all you need to do is uh, chuck, chuck Sydney Watson into the Google machine and you'll find out that I'm 88 years old and dead. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> but, I feel like I'm missing no. something here. <laughs> There's my. I want a wiki page. So if anyone wants to write me a wiki, please do because the one that's there when people Google me says that it's about a an organ player from like whenever oh. 1800s. And okay, so people okay. Google me trying to find out how old I am, which is a secret, mind you. All the birthdays that you see online are wrong. Uh, but apparently I'm 88 and dead. So there you go. There's that. But so my j- jokes aside, I am on YouTube at Sydney Watson, on Twitter at Sydney L Watson, and on Instagram at Sydney Watson underscore underscore because I am an eleven year old girl, and none of them match. So sorry about that. Branding one hundred and one, <laughs> awesome Sydney. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. The- Thank, <laughs> Thank you for, for coming on the podcast. Really <laughs> Thank you for having me. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.